in the game of basketball, stars are made. But how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them? And what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish and Alex Clancy. Hello, hello. Alex Clancy in studio for my headsets at work. Uh, Voice America Radio, 888-346-9144. This is Rebound Radio. I am solo in studio today. Matt Fish is driving back from a family vacation in Iowa. Uh, so we're going to see if you'll be able to call in a little later. If not, uh, you're stuck with me for the next 48 minutes of talk time. Uh, got a lot to talk about today. I'll focus uh, more on the NBA than I normally would if Matt were in studio. But first... Um, Rebound Radio, uh, the NBRPA, National Basketball Retired Players Association. This is what this show is all about, what it's foundationalized upon, why Matt and I met about six months ago in an effort to further the knowledge and uh, awareness of retired basketball players um, who are in need. Uh, That need may be financial. uh, It may be uh, due to addiction with alcohol and drugs, uh, gambling, marriage counseling, the, the spectrum is wide, and the NBRPA started, it's actually its 25th year anniversary this year, started by people who had a common goal of bettering the, uh, the life of players after their, after their career is over. Now, the NBRPA uh, centralizes in former NBA players, obviously, and then WNBA, Harlem Globetrotters, uh, players that played overseas. It doesn't necessarily need to be people that just played in the NBA. Uh, and they're broadening every year exponentially, growing greater and greater um, every calendar year. Uh, Matt and I went out to the NBA Legends Conference uh, a couple months ago in Vegas, and that's where I got my first first-hand account of how much love is in every room that's that's uh, under the NBRPA umbrella, whether it be, again, marriage counseling seminars or career seminars or how to make it in media in regards to sports. There are seminars for that as well. There were a bunch of banquets, and, and, and the list goes on and on. Matt and I went, uh, set up the Rebound Radio booth under the Voice America umbrella and interviewed a bunch of former NBA athletes, WNBA players, and uh, WNBA athletes and Harlem Globetrotters, uh, pretty much to get an idea of what they're doing after basketball. A lot of it is charity-based. A lot of it is business-based because for most of these players, they only played you know three, five, seven years in the NBA. And when you're, when you're 45, that is a microcosm, if that, of, of, of your life as a whole. It might be what you're most known for, but it doesn't mean that that's what your life is solidified upon. And the NBRPA does great things with charity. Um, wellness for their former athletes is a big key, whether it be heart screenings, eye screenings, ear screenings. Uh, Ancestry.com was there uh, at, the, at the convention. So the multi-pronged nature of the NBRPA is why we're here today. Now, Rebound Radio was uh, spawned from Rebound Magazine, which is a publication that Matt is the CEO of. It comes out quarterly. It it centralizes upon former athletes and their stories, just like the NBRPA. So the hand-to-hand nature of the two is something that is is easy and seamless. Now, when Matt comes back next week, we'll get into the charitable events that are going on with not only Rebound Magazine, but the NBRPA and the NBA legends. Uh, people have a misconception about former athletes a lot. Uh, the selfish nature that the media portrays, some media outlets portray uh, former athletes in is is unfair because a lot of times, and you see this with charities when they're defrauded, and it doesn't have to be athletes, just in general. You see charities as dirty, charities as things like that, and that's not what it is 99% of the time. There's humans that happen to play a sport and wear a jersey and dunk the ball for a living that want to make the world better and they just choose an avenue in which to do that and that's what their charity's you know thesis is and with the nbrpa a lot of them have the the nuance and aura of it being basketball based with you know 500 kids in a gym doing drills and whatnot in in the inner city of chicago or in los angeles or anywhere and Life skills is what the main skeleton of those camps are. And 
they're not tricking the kids into learning life skills. It's just something that the structure of the camps are based upon through basketball. You have different drills. You have different um, uh, learning lessons. And some of the drills are life skills, are financial literacy, are how to not go down the wrong path when you're in you know, elementary and middle school because that's where it starts. And these guys obviously are proof positive. Some, some have come from bad areas. Some have come from affluent ones. But they're all joining in one main goal, and that is to make people better as well as lining themselves up for success not tangentially, just uh, parallel-wise to the charities that they put on. So a lot of these guys will come to the NBRPA and be like, so what's it all about? How are you going to make me better? How are we going to do this so I can build a business or so I can get off drugs or so I can mend my marriage that, you know, was tough for the seven or eight years that I played in the NBA and I was traveling all the time, trying to make a living for my family. And that's what the NBRPA is there for. So this is something that goes overlooked a lot, charitable donations, and I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about time. Because these athletes, these former athletes need to make money, and they don't do it through charities. They do it, you know, in their day, during their day job, during their businesses that they're trying to put up or that, that have had successful businesses for years. They're doing this out of the goodness of their heart, trying to better the world in which they live better the world that is being built for their children through putting on camps and, and putting out awareness for, you know, drugs and again, financial literacy. And I wish Matt was here so we could talk a little bit more about that because there's an app coming out in the next six or eight months that will be centralized around financial literacy. It's an app that kids can play that it's free. And if you, if you complete certain levels on how to spend money correctly and how to save money, you actually get money unlocked for you for uh, college tuition. $1,000 here, $500 there, but it adds up and free money, it's, 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 it sounds like such a scam. Free money. It's free. It's free. You get free. Now, this is legitimately a free app. Teach your kids. The kids learn themselves either way or both, and they can unlock money towards scholarship. 888-346-9144, Alex Clancy in studio. Follow me at Clancy's Corner on Twitter. Follow Matt at Rebound Talk. Matt Fish played in the NBA and overseas a collective uh, 10 years. Uh, played for Miami, the Clippers, uh, and, and several other franchises. Played in South America. Played over in Europe. And, you know, he's not a, a household name. He did lead the league, lead the NCAA in field goal percentage his senior year at UNC Wilmington. He won't uh, be afraid to tell you about that. But he is a good guy with a big heart. He is 6'11", but I'm, not, I'm saying proverbial big heart, who puts on camps monthly, if not bi-monthly, um, with former NBA athletes, and he really wants the greater good to become better. And he has the backing of the NBRPA, and he has put out this magazine um, just for just by his hard work. Rebound magazine quarterly. It gets sent out to all former NBA players that want it. I saw the email list; it's extensive. It is a professional publication, and it it sends the word out about these guys being human beings after the game is over. It gets overlooked thrown away to dehumanize it although I'm humanizing at the same time it's most people that watch sports watch the game until the players retire and then they continue to watch their favorite team or they pick another favorite player or whatnot when was the last time we heard about Kobe Bryant now I know I'm, I'm geocentralizing myself because I grew up in LA and I, I follow Kobe since, you know since he was a child since he missed three he missed three air balls he shot three air balls in a playoff game against Utah his rookie year when was the last time you heard about him? When was the last time you thought about him? You don't think about these guys on a day-to-day -day basis if they're not in the, in the news or on TV or coaching or, you know, front office, whatever. Imagine a guy that made 90% less in his career than Kobe, played 10% of the time, so two or three years, and then had a life to live afterwards, had a family to provide for. This is what the NBRPA is about. This is what the NBRPA does. 
they teach, they guide, you know, they, they bandage up if you come in broken, for lack of a better phrase. Because professional sports is, I mean, I don't know firsthand. I mean, I, I did do have the three-point record still in at my high school, I believe, but I, I don't think we can com- compare the two. Going on the road is tough. Making a bunch of money is tough. It's not tough because you because you can't pay for things. It's tough because you get you get put into a category where you have other issues, or potentially other issues. You know, if you get things for free, you you can party a lot. You can do drugs. You can uh, womanize. I mean. I'm not pigeonholing anybody. I'm not saying anybody does that, but there are different things that come with being a professional athlete that common folk, quote unquote, that aren't on TV every day don't necessarily have to deal with. And those aren't absolutes. I'm just saying that the fall from grace can be steeper at times if you are a professional athlete or a former one just getting out of the game that paid you for three or four years. You could go from making a million dollars a year for three years, blowing out your knee and being out of professional sports forever. And then what? What's next? The NBRPA will help with that. Investing money. Staying off drugs. Doing things for other people. Charities. Health awareness. Raising awareness for whatever you want and the NBRPA can help with that. 888-346-9144. Throughout the show, I'm going to talk about some NBA stuff. The first uh, numbers for the NBA uh, All-Star Game ballot has come out. Boring. We'll talk about that. Russell Westbrook nails a uh, a ref in the dome with the basketball going into timeout, gets teed up, goes nuts. We'll talk about that. Uh, We're getting towards the time of the year where the NBA matters. We're not there yet. We're not at the Saturday on the Masters yet. We are making the turn on Friday. Where a lot of the guys are already in the clubhouse, but you have 30% of the field still on the course. It is not jockeying for a position yet. It is not hitting amen corner on the back nine of Friday's round at the Masters, but we're getting close. 35 games some teams have played, some teams have played, you know, 33, 34. We're not at the halfway mark. We're not even close to the All-Star game, it seems like. Have about six weeks left. And that's when teams are like, holy crap, uh, we, we better shape up here. We have to make some tweaks. The After the All-Star game is really when coaching comes into play. Coaches, coaches get exposed after the All-Star break. Because if you're four or five games out of the eight seed and you can make a push and get to the six or seven seed... That's a success, and that's looked at uh, for the body of work of that year for the coaches, and vice versa. If you're in the five seed by three or four games and you lose seven out of nine twice after the All-Star break, that's what people are going to remember. And then you have the outliers this year, and I'll go down the, the records 33, 34 games in of who's disappointed, who's overwhelmed people with their success, both personally and team-wise, and who is exactly who we thought they were. And I have some interesting numbers showing how Steve Kerr should win Coach of the Year right now. And I know that's so easy to say. I know, that's, I know that some teams have, have uh, overperformed and you know the big names are not up there towards the top. I know you have Pop and you have, and you have Steve Kerr and, and Mike D'Antoni, who, who is the through Friday clubhouse favorite to win the Masters for Coach of the Year. But I have some things that uh, will disprove that. 888-346-9144. Alex Clancy in studio. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Go to voiceamerica.tv. Click on the Rebound brand logo that's right um, that's right on the homepage, and you can see a whole bunch of videos that Matt and I both did interviewing uh, former players, Keith Kloss, Cherokee Parks, George Lynch, those of you 30 and over will definitely know who those names are. I've been following Keith Kloss. This is a great story. He's 42, I think. He's playing over in China. He just got a contract about a month after Matt and I talked to him and interviewed him in Vegas. And I'm friends with him on Facebook. And he's just 
for some players, and I guess it's easy being seven three seven four. But for some players, the the wanting to play never ends. I th- and I, you could say that for most. But the ability to be seven three seven four, not have, you know, cement knees that you can't move. Not having you know internal internal damage. I think Cherokee Parks uh, had an aneurysm a couple years ago. Like it's it's so difficult to make it through the labyrinth of body health, even when when you're playing in the league. Let alone 15 years after you're out of the NBA. I think I think Keith Kloss has been out of the league for at least over 10 years. The NBA that is, and he's still chasing the dream. He's still playing in China. He's still getting a paycheck, and that is a rarity among former athletes. So it's a beautiful thing to see, and I just, it's, as a basketball fan, I love seeing people persevere through all of the crap that goes on in an effort to continue to play basketball. And he's been playing it since for 35 years, probably. And it's a beautiful thing. 888-346-9144, Rebound Radio, Alex Clancy in studio. You can go to voiceamerica.com, go in the search box and search Rebound Radio. You can see all of our archive shows. Uh, on the other side, I will talk about why Steve Kerr should win NBA Coach of the Year, even though he has arguably a top five team on paper in NBA history. Alex Lancey in studio. will be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Rebound Radio, Alex Clancy in studio. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner, 888-346-9144. Follow Matt at Rebound Talk on Twitter. You can email him at mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Uh, if you want to advertise, check out any sort of information that the NBRPA is offering at this time. It's it's an ongoing snowball of awesomeness uh, that will continue to grow and grow. So um, check it out because it's a... It's a great association. It's a great brotherhood of guys that, you know, need each other to continue their lives after basketball's over. Now, let's go on to what's going on now in the NBA. So, before I get to why Steve Kerr should be coach of the year this year, um, I have one mind-boggling stat. LeBron James is averaging 37.1 minutes per game this year. It's third in the NBA. Last year, he averaged, uh, what was it, 35.6. So I've been gone on several diatribes about how LeBron James, smartest player in the NBA, knows his body the most, 
uh, dropped 10 pounds when he went to Cleveland because he knew that he had to withstand the rigors of an NBA season. This is like the least amount of minutes he's played in his career, 37.1. The last Since he's gone to Cleveland, he's averaged, averaged 36.1, 35.6, and 37.1. In his first five years in the league, 39 half, 42.5, 42.5, 41.5, 40.5. That is bonkers. I understand he was 18. I understand that, that, that he didn't have anybody else on his team. I understand that. I don't understand. I don't understand how this guy has never gotten injured. He's played more minutes for the Cleveland franchise that, that on, you know, on record, including playoffs and regular season. This guy is an absolute cyborg. This guy, all he does is win games and stay out of the media that he portrays. Okay, okay, so the Miami thing, fine, fine. Taking my talents to South Beach, got it. Has he hit a woman in the face? Has he done drugs? Has he gotten in arguments with athletes, with uh, players on his team? Has he gotten to it with coaches? Now, that's a tricky one. There should be an asterisk there because... He goes to teams where coaches are just invalids, pretty much. You know, Mike Brown was a joke. He thanked LeBron for letting him coach him. Don't do that. He goes to Miami. Eric Sprolstro is still the video guy who's wearing a suit and happened to be the head coach with, uh, with uh, Pat Riley as the puppeteer. And then he comes back and, hey, dude. I get it. You've won 10 championships overseas. This is the NBA. You don't know what you're talking about. Fired. Hey, let's bring on an assistant coach whose name has been in the buzz. He's been buzzed for the last three or four years because he was on the bench with Phil Jackson. Teron Liu was. Hey, Teron, just sit back. I'll let you call timeouts when you want to. It's cute. I'll let you, you know, think you have control over this team and let me go. Let me go. Just let, we have Kyrie, we have Kevin, just let me go. Make sure Kevin Love doesn't, you know, take a cheap shot pick and pop his shoulder out and we'll be good. Just let me do it. And lo and behold, they win a championship. And I think a lot of times this is a major problem with NBA, with the NBA. And David Stern is the reason why this is happening. Because if you listen last week or two weeks ago, my rant that I loved was that David Stern made the NBA uh, star driven. And it seems like a very obvious stance. But when he came into uh, the NBA as the commissioner in 84, I believe right after the 83, or right before the 83 draft. Stuff was on tape delay. The NBA was not fun to watch. I know it was Celtic Central, and the Lakers had just become good because in the 1980 draft, uh, Bird and Magic came out. So he was given something uh, in a bag when he started to be, when he became the commissioner in the NBA that wasn't given to the former commissioner, in a sense. But he globalized the game like we'd never seen any game globalized before. Takes games off tape delay. Globalizes meaning goes to Europe, be like, hey, Magic, Larry, Michael, know these people. We are going to flood your markets, jerseys, shoes, everything. Watch these people. Watch this stuff. And then Isaiah in the, in the late 80s. And then like the late 80s into now, star-driven. There were a lot greater coaches back then. You know, Chuck Daly, Pat Riley, etc., Phil Jackson when he started, everything like that. There were a lot more coaches in the NBA then that, have won champion, that had won championships as opposed to now. But the, star, uh, the star-foundationed NBA is why coaches aren't respected as much anymore. Because now stars run the show. They're paid the most money. They get to do whatever they want. They get to whine and complain Carmelo and be like, trade me, Denver. I don't care if you trade the Knicks whole team for me. I don't want to be in Denver anymore. I'm going to pout like a little baby on the, on the bench. And then I'm going to go lose games in New York instead because New York is where Lala wants to live. And it's where I'm from. I went to Oak Hill, baby. One year in Syracuse championship. 
listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I'm the GM. I'm the head coach. You don't know Jack. That's what made LeBron so great. That he is the real deal. He is a family man. He has four boys. He's been with his, his wife since he was in high school. He is going to be worth a billion dollars by the age of 40. And he'll probably be two or three years out of the league at that point. This is unprecedented. And yes, he could thank Dr. Dre for $300 million of that or whatever it was because he bought 3% or whatever it was of, uh, of Beats by Dre, but still. LeBron playing 37 minutes a game this year and taking time off and not playing more than he has, and they're still leading the, the East. They're, they're three games um, behind Golden State for the best record in the NBA. LeBron does something special every year, and it goes unnoticed. He knows his body better than any other person in the NBA. Last year, he left 10% in the tank for the finals. He knew at that point that with the run-and-gun nature of Golden State and with the injury concerns for Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving that they've had throughout their career, he needed to have that extra 10%. They coasted through with Detroit, which helped. Then they won 3-1. I think they lost one game. or No, they, they swept, but the first game was close. Doesn't matter. You get to the finals, they're like, Toronto, okay, uh, you're still a college team. Stay up north. And then they get to the finals. They go down 3-1. You can think Draymond Green for a swift kick to the nether regions with probably help them win game five. But LeBron, I'm going to look up his line for the, for the game seven. He had a triple-double. I know that. The last game of the season, he had a monster triple-double. And the thing that that separates him from everybody else, even more so, is that he had his iconic moment in those finals with 35 seconds left, and he didn't even have the ball. The block on Andre Iguodala will go down as his iconic moment. Jordan's was probably the pose after the push-off. Magic, I mean, whatever pass you wanna whatever pass you wanna you wanna choose. Probably one where he looked one way, went over his head to James Worthy coming down the coming down the lane. His iconic moment was a blocked shot. He will go down as whatever. I don't want even want to have this argument right now. I even though I'm on the only one in the in the studio. Second, third, first, whatever. He's gonna be a top three player of, of all time. I'll still put Bill Russell in there over Wilt because Bill Russell averaged, you know, he had 31 points and 40 rebounds in a game. Do that. Do that, and then we can have a conversation about him. LeBron James will go down as one of the best defenders ever, one of the best facilitators ever, probably the biggest freak of nature talent-wise and body strength-wise forever, and one of the best scorers ever. And I said those in that order on purpose. What LeBron does defensively, it just goes overlooked. Whoever LeBron is defending, you don't pass the ball to. You just D on him. You're like, okay, we'll give you that third of the court. What? Now, LeBron is... Okay, I haven't always liked LeBron. I understand the thing with Miami uh, taking my silence to South Beach. Got it. Um, him o- talking over his coach is probably not what you see in the rule book, the handbook of what to do as a player. And for a while, when they would go to the finals and they had inferior coaches, he was looked at as, well, if you would let the coach coach the game, maybe they'd win. That's nah, not true. You see the team that he had in the finals when he went and played San Antonio? Mind you, he had just scored 30 straight points in fourth quarter in overtime against Detroit to get them there. To get them into the next round. Mike Brown, Eric Spolstra. Blatt. I didn't want to say his first name. Blatt's enough. 
and Teron Liu. Those are who's coached him. He's a Larry Fitzgerald of the NBA with quarterbacks. Larry Fitzgerald had 19 quarterbacks and I think one Pro Bowl out of all of them, if that. What LeBron does for the NBA without saying a word, with everybody else yapping at him, is a sight to behold. I understand he does a lot of it to himself. With He has an app that uh, he might download. I don't know how many people are that in love with him. Family man. Been with his wife since he was in high school. Good with his money. No drugs. No adulterous activities as far as we're known of. These are the benchmarks that we focus upon when we watch former athletes. What did they do wrong? Oh, so he was 23 and he's like, I, I can raise $3 million for the, uh, the Boys and Girls Club of America by having this press conference with Jim Gray. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a good business decision, a good branding decision to a 22-year-old, a 23-year-old. $3 million for charity? Hell yeah, let's do it. Things could be worse. He could have done worse things. He's made it to a bunch of finals in a row. Overlooked. Did, did he win? No, but did he win? No, but seriously. Did he win? He won. He's won enough. He's won enough to where you can say, shut up. Oh, Jordan got to six in a row and won six. That's great. That might be the argument that separates the two. I get it. Jordan also had more talent on some of the teams than LeBron did. LeBron had Daniel Marshall, Larry Hughes, Booby Gibson, Zadrunas Ogaskis, I think, in his first finals. Who? The only claim to fave Daniel Marshall has, or had, was that he had 12 threes in a game, and that was the NBA record until Kobe tied it when he dropped 81, until Steph tied it seven times, it seems like, and then Steph broke it this year. Whatever. Larry Hughes wore a headband. Booby Gibson's nickname was Booby. Claim to fame. Eric Snow, I think, was on that team. Solid. What did Jordan have? The rest of my case. Now it was only for a couple. In Miami, I get it. Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. The texture of the league was different. The Probably the talent had waned because people aren't go, weren't going to college anymore. And the AAU generation has kind of... It hasn't worsened the level of play it kind of has. It hasn't worsened completely, but it went back to taking away individual defense. Stars went to AAU and were forced together to, to uh, make travel teams. So if, if they're you know, put into the NBA, Oak Hill, all of, these, all of these schools that just breed basketball players to be good at maybe two things, ball handling, shooting, rebounding, blocking, DeAndre Jordan. There's no all-around basketball being played much anymore. Definitely at a lesser degree than it was in the you know, 70s and 80s and even early 90s. So even if the level of play has lessened and the talent has lessened across the board due to it, maybe not uh, directly but tangentially at least, the historian should say, well, LeBron should have won at least one more with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. He beat Boston every year, beat Indiana every year. And then San Antonio just beat him. You know? And you could say that, even, well, Miami was, should have won one less if, if Greg Popovich had put Tim Duncan on, on, the, uh, on the floor during the rebound when Ray Allen hit the three in the corner. Okay. I mean, you can split hairs as much as you want, and I'm going to stop doing it now. LeBron James will go down potentially is the most underrated player in NBA history. I haven't even got to Steve Curry yet. LeBron James may go down as the most underrated player in NBA history. Book it. 888-346-9144. Alex Clancy in studio. Rebound radio on Voice America Radio. Check out voiceamerica.tv. Uh, click on the Rebound channel. 
you can see a lot of videos that Matt and I did at the NBA Legends Conference in Vegas. Check out Jeff Spinard, our CEO. He did uh, some video content interviewing former players and uh, Jerry Colangelo at Jerry Colangelo's event at the Wigwam a couple months back. There's a lot of good stuff on there. It's multi-pronged here at Voice America now. Uh, TV's been in the works for a long time, and it's it's continuing to get better and better and better. It was good to begin with, and now it's getting better and better. You can thank um, Jeff Missile, John Missile for that. Uh, good things happening here at Voice America. So uh, continue to listen. You can download the Voice America app. It's seamless. Uh, live radio right at your fingertips. But you should listen to Rebound Radio first every Thursday from 4 to 5. Mountain Standard Time, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we don't change time zones here because we're the Wild West. So um, nana and a boo-boo on that one. LeBron James could go down as the most underrated NBA player in the NBA history ever. So what do I have? One more segment. All right. So Steve Kerr um, will win, in my opinion, or should win NBA coach of the year. Oh, well, they got Kevin Durant. That's so easy. That's so easy. Uh, Yeah, I get it. But on the other side, I'll tell you exactly why he is doing the best coaching job he has ever done up to this point in his short tenured NBA coaching career. And then I promise we will get to the first first round of voting to come out, the numbers to come out for uh, the NBA All-Star game. It's boring. It sucks. Uh, We got to come up with a different thing. We got to come up with a different strategy. On the All-Star game, it's getting boring. It's getting mundane. I'll tell you on the other side, Alex Clancy, in-studio, Rebound Radio. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? <laughs> Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Rebound Radio. Alex Clancy in studio. 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. All right, final segment. Why should Steve Kerr win the NBA Coach of the Year? Uh, never thought that I'd say this because I usually am on the other side of the fence in regards to what I'm about to say. Nobody on the Golden State Warriors team is, average, is averaging... 25th in the NBA is the highest that any player in Golden State is averaging minutes per game-wise. Kevin Durant, 34.3. 25th in the NBA. Klay Thompson, 34.2, 28th in the NBA. Steph Curry, 33.3, 41st in the NBA. Draymond Green, 32.9, 46th in the NBA. And they're winning. The difference between, you know, Steph Curry playing 33 and Le- LeBron playing 71, three and a half minutes of game time is a lot. 
That's a lot. That's one sixteenth of a game. What is that? Seven percent? That can't be seven percent. It's something. So the fact that he's monitoring minutes like this, a lot of them have to do with with them blowing, not a lot, some of them have to do with blowing people out. But I was looking at, I was looking at their, their uh, game spreads. I mean, it's not a lot. There's a lot of 10-point 10, 10 games or closer. And they blow out Indiana by 36, Phoenix by 30, Lakers by 43, <laughs> the day before Thanksgiving. But... There's a lot of three- and five-point games here, ten-point games. And he's still monitoring minutes with no bench. You can say these guys, oh, well, this, this guy, this second-round pick is playing fine, and this second-round pick is playing fine. I don't even want to know the names yet. Iguodala's getting older. Sean Livingston is fine. He's been the, the surprise of, of, of the Steve Kerr's tenure there. But they're doing it seamlessly. After acquiring a player that, you know, maybe the second or third best player in the NBA. I think it's pretty special. Now, why not Mike D'Antoni? I mean, it's a fair question. Mike D'Antoni has had an atrocious coaching career after leaving Phoenix. But that begs the question, what did he win in Phoenix? They won 60-plus games a couple years. That's fantastic. Did they get to a finals? Oh, no. Oh, but Robert Ory, you know, elbowed uh, or threw Steve Nash down. So he got a bloody nose. So? Oh, Amari Starmeyer, you know, he took his, his big toe, stepped off the bench during, right after it. So? Stay on the damn bench. Follow the rules. Robert Ory should have been ejected from that game. That's fine. But Suns didn't win. And only Suns fans will remember that's why that happened. That's why they didn't uh, go past go past San Antonio in that series, or that's one of the reasons why. Mike D'Antoni is focusing upon one player to take him to the promised land, and I'll tell you what, so far so good. So far so good with James Harden, but we're not even midway through the season yet. So how long is he going to be able to withstand the rigors? If he gets hurt, they're screwed. But for now, he's averaging a lot of points and a lot of assists. And, you know, they're third in the West, 27-9. Averaging 114 points a game. So if I'm not mistaken, that's second in the NBA, yeah, behind Golden State. Giving up 107 points a game. So giving up 107 points a game uh, seven years ago would be like, wow, you have the worst defense in the NBA. Yeah, they're not, I mean, I think they're top 10%. Or what do I say? They're top ten in the West in points allowed per game with that number, which is ridiculous. But I think that with again the rigors of the regular season, Houston will run off three, four losses here in a row. Three, four losses here in a row because James Harden can't do it all for a whole season. And if somebody says, "Well, he'll prove you wrong," okay, we'll see. I'm just going off the rest of the NBA history with that with that prophecy. And Mike D'Antoni, if he would have ever been a good defensive coach, he could have won a championship already. If he were to ever have been able to coach at the right times and make the right decisions, he could have won a championship already. The team he had in Phoenix with Steve Nash, Raja Bell the two playing defense, Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire, blah, 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 all-star, 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 all-star. Would have happened already. Every year, coach of the year, if it doesn't go to Greg Popovich, is one, well, you know, you had a good season. You won more games than we thought you would. I don't really subscribe to that. Well, he had the best team with the best players. Okay. Still had to win. He had the best team with the best players last year, Steve Kerr did. Did they win? No. A former player that had never coached more than 30 games as a head coach in the NBA, they won. They won, not you. Not the best regular season team of all time, not them. A guy that hadn't coached half a season, 
or whatever. He coached he coached uh, three quarters of a season because he he was the the Eastern Conference All Star head coach because they had the best record in the East. You got beat by LeBron, but every year is different. This year, if they're thirty and five or thirty one and five, thirty one and five, lead in the West. I understand it's only by two games over San Antonio and four by Houston. But the synchronicity that is being played at Oracle Arena in Oakland is a beautiful thing to watch. I think it was an atrocity that, Golden, that Kevin Durant went to Golden State. I think it was awful for basketball. I think it was the wrong move by Kevin Durant in uh, lineage-wise. But he went. And now they're winning. It's as if he was on the team last year. It's as if they had played together for years. The one thing they have in their favor is that he doesn't have the same skill set as anybody else on the Warriors at that point. Because Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and uh, Steph Curry could could not be different players. Klay Thompson, probably the best pure shooter in the game. Draymond Green, take him for what he is, great defender, can knock down the open three when they're up by five or up by ten. Um, he's a locker room guy. And he makes pennies on the dollar compared to what he should be making uh, with with the salary cap going up like it did. And Steph Curry is Steph Curry. There's not really anybody you compare him to um, in the annals of time with the NBA. He's pieces of a bunch of different people, but he's Steph Curry. Now you bring in KD, who is a better scorer than Klay Thompson, not a better shooter, better scorer. He's, he has a 7'2", 7'3", wingspan. He's about 6'11". He can back you down. His defense has got exponentially better. Just by his sheer size, now he knows how big he is. He does. He doesn't play like a six-three player anymore. And he can run the court. I mean, jackpot. But you got to keep everybody happy. And Steph Curry, we've already seen some rumblings. I've already seen some rumblings. Him sitting on the bench with a towel over his head, with the whole rest of the bench standing up on Christmas Day when Kyrie was backing uh, was backing him down in uh, for the turn uh, for the uh, fadeaway jumper because Steph wanted to be on the court, but you're a defensive liability. So we've already seen a little pouting, baby pouting, not even an aura of pouting yet because they're winning. We'll see what happens if they lose two or three in a row, or we'll see what happens. In the playoffs, if they lose two games in a row to somebody, then we'll kind of see what they're really about. But for now, everybody's winning, so it doesn't really matter. And they know that they're only going to play 33, 34 minutes a game. If they lose one here, lose one there, they'll usually win at home. They've only lost two games at home as of now, which is one more than they did last year. But they're 9-1 in their last 10. They're starting to get their, uh, their groove. And that's scary if they get their groove before the All-Star break. Because all of LeBron's teams took a while. I think he started 9-8 and eight when he went to Miami. Lost a bunch of games early when he was in Cleveland. But So Steve Kerr for Coach of the Year. Um, seems like the easy answer, but if you look into the numbers, it isn't as easy as it, as it sounds. When it really comes down to it, whoever comes out of the West, San Antonio, or Golden State should be Coach of the Year. Greg Popovich can win Coach of the Year every year. Name four players on that team. I'll wait. Name four players. I'll let you do it. All-star voting has come in. First round of votes. Oh, I'm going to throw up. So, as of right now, the starting lineup for the Eastern Conference Cleveland Cavaliers all-star team is Kyrie Irving, Dwayne Wade, LeBron, the Greek Freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Kevin Love. So, the big three of Cleveland, Dwayne Wade because he's a fan favorite, and... Probably the most surprising player that we've seen this year in the NBA in the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Beast. He's an absolute monster. Okay, so that's one. I'm excited about one guy in the East. In the West, the Western Conference Golden State Warrior All-Stars are Steph Curry, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Zaza Pachulia, and Kawhi Leonard. For those of you that don't know, Zaza Pachulia now plays for Golden State. So we have three Golden State Warriors starting against three Cleveland Cavaliers. This has got to stop. 
And this is David Stern's fault. Zaza Pachulia is averaging five points and six rebounds a game. 5.6 rebounds. DeAndre Jordan, another center in the West, is averaging 11 points and 13 and a half rebounds. I get it. Zaza Pachulia is from the country of Georgia. Okay, so I'm sure that everybody from Georgia is voting for him. Like, I get it. There's a Yao Ming pseudo effect. But there's got to be a cap, man. There's got to be a cap. I'm sure Tracy McGrady's still getting votes from people from China because he played with Yao Ming in Houston. There are five, yeah, five Golden State Warriors out of the top nine voted for in the West. Five out of nine. That's a joke. Their whole starting five out of the top nine in the West, they're better individual players than Draymond Green. And Klay Thompson doesn't have the the sexy appeal that, you know, Damian Lillard has and, and um, I don't know, Chris Paul. I, I don't know. At this point, I don't know what the NBA is going to do. Adam Silver has got a decision to make because the NBA All-Star game is boring now. It's boring. You have the three-point contest, which I think is great because there's a much more, um, there's a bigger focal point on three-point shooting than there has been. Um, so that's fun because everybody makes everything, which is great. The dunk contest, takeaway last year has been boring. The highlight over the last seven or eight years was Blake Griffin dunking over a damn Kia. That's just shameless plugging for his new, for his new uh, branding. They got to do something. They got to do something. I think there should be a horse game involved, or you bring in college players and you play two-on-two against. we got to do something. Because watching the same guys start, the same guys play, you play the first 90% of the game is, is just is AAU ball, and then the last minute it's like, oh man, we, we got to win this game. There's an extra 25 grand to the winning team, so we got to play now. It's a joke. All right, that's enough for me. Uh, Alex Clancy in studio. Matt Fish will be back next week to join me. 888-346-9144. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Matt at Rebound Talk on Twitter. Email him at mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. If you want to know anything about Rebound Magazine or the NBRPA, like the NBRPA Facebook page. Like the the NBA Legends Facebook page. Go to voiceamerica.tv. Alex Clancy in studio. I'm out. Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio. Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll profile another legend of basketball. Have a great week.